last time I ministered uh, to you, uh, we talked about uh, Jesus and him being a representative uh, of the Father. And we're going to kind of go that way tonight just a little bit and uh, talk about something just a little bit different. We talked about how he responded uh, to things when he had a bad day. That uh, as he uh, went about as the walking body of Christ on the earth, how he handled uh, things in the course of a day after he had found out that his cousin had been beheaded. And uh, we said that every, everything that he did, he represented the father. And so we want to look at an aspect of him tonight, continually along those lines of looking at him as the body of Christ that was on the earth at the time and then parallel ourselves with him and how he walked up on the earth and seeing ourselves in that as the active body of Christ on the earth today. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you would go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 19 and we'll start there. Did you know that God is in the interruptions? God is in the interruptions. And so um, with that, um, <clears throat> you know, pastor's been talking about it recently and declaring, you know, uh, for divine interruptions and uh, de declaring and decreeing divine interruptions for us. And so we want to see those. We want to be a divine interruption. And so we're going to look at some of those things tonight. And so let's look at Jesus's life. And in Matthew 19, we'll start at verse 13. And it says, and then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid hands on them and uh, departed uh, from there. And so Jesus is teaching, and if you look at the discourse of what was happening in that passage, Jesus is teaching on marriage, divorce, and remarriage at the time. And while he's up teaching, the parents that are there in the crowd want him to bless their children. So they started interrupting his message by bringing the children to him. And then the disciples went, no, no, no. Basically, you know, pastor's preaching. <laughs> and uh, and you know, y'all go sit down. And then Jesus was like, no, no, no. Bring them to me. So they interrupted Jesus while he was preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so uh, here he is uh, dealing with an adult topic, so to speak. You ever heard of this term? This, uh, when I was growing up, children are to be seen and not heard. But these children want to be seen, or at least their parents wanted them to be seen. And Jesus said it was okay. So he interrupted his message to bless the children. And then he, it says he departed uh, away from uh, after that. The disciples were trying to enforce the letter of the law, but Jesus was trying to demonstrate the spirit of the law. Amen. And so he, uh, you know, we talked, we just preached, uh, preached, sang about freedom, that God has brought us freedom. Jesus has brought us into freedom. And even though there is a letter of the law, but, <clears throat> you know, the letter of the law kills, the word of God says, but the spirit gives life. Amen. And so he was trying to bring life to that situation. And so you never know even uh, so that even in the situation where he's teaching on marriage, divorce and remarriage, that his heart wasn't towards the kids. 
Because often in those situations, kids' are, lives are disrupted and they're hurt and abandoned and left. And, you know, uh, and so he wanted to put his hands on them and bless them and let them know somebody cared about them and loved them and, uh, and knew what they were going through and, and that he was there for them. Amen. And so uh, there could have been even a greater message in all of this. And that is Jesus tolerated inconvenience in order for God to work. Jesus tolerated inconvenience in order for God to work and give him an opportunity to work. So in, we know in the Old Testament, we see a lot where um, <clears throat> some of the old saints, when they got ready to leave to go to heaven, that they would lay their hands on the children or grandchildren uh, to be blessed uh, as they are uh, departing the earth. And so him laying hands on them gave an opportunity for him to speak into their life, to, for God to minister to them. And uh, what we don't often realize is that sometimes what interrupts you is, a design, is designed to bless you or to bless somebody else. And sometimes we get irritated at the interruptions. You're on your way to Walmart. Walmart's. The one here on Madison Boulevard, I've been there a couple times this weekend. There's a gentleman uh, that really welcomes you to Walmart. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, praise the Lord. And so you're on your way to Walmart or Kroger, says Pastor Robert says. That's not the, pro- the correct terminology. Or wherever you may be going, you have, I'm going to the bank I'm going to go in there, and then I got these errands to run and all of this, and then uh, you're in Walmart in the produce aisle. And someone says, well, baby, can you see such and such and such and such? And you got your, I got to get dinner, whatever, for dinner tonight, and, you know, can you help me? And your head is going, I don't have time to help you right now. I'm trying to get my own stuff. Uh, don't leave me up here by myself. <laughs> don't act like you're all holy near the doubt and you don't do that. Do not leave me up here by myself. Praise the Lord. You're human just like I am. So whenever there is a divine interruption, it's generally designed to bless you or to bless someone else through you. And so very rarely do Divine interruptions wait for everything to be convenient. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. They come when they come. Like the children coming to Jesus. You ever been on a phone call <laughs> and your child or your grandchild comes and they put their arms up on your knees and they look up in your face like this? And you're having an adult conversation and they're just, whenever you get done, I'm here. That's a divine interruption. <clears throat> and even though it might be important what you're doing, a lot of times they just want your attention. They just want your time. And even if you just grabbed them up, come on, baby, just sit in mama's lap until I get done. And that's all they want. And then sometimes they'll just get down and go play. Hallelujah. And uh, so rarely does life wait for conveniences to happen. Every time Jesus was interrupted, a miracle ensued. Every time he was interrupted and he allowed himself to be interrupted. We have no account in the gospels where he got irritated. 
about being interrupted. We do have the account in the temple where he went through and cleaned clean house, so to speak. But that's the only uh, account that we see where he uh, got irritated at something like that. And so he didn't live his life that way. And so when the interruptions come, go with the interruption. And that's what he did with the children. Uh, I heard this quote uh, by a minister, and he said, limitations are not uh, atmospheres for more muscle. They're atmospheres for more miracles. So where we're limited on time, where we're limited on resources, where we're limited on ideas, where we're limited financially, where we're limited in our health, where those limitations are is not for more muscle. I got to get a side hustle and get more money, uh, you know, because I'm short this month. Or, uh, you know, I got to read all these 30 scriptures every day to get my healing. That's muscle. That's putting your mental acumen or uh, physical uh, ability to something to gain something. But he said in that quote that the limitations, our limitations are not atmospheres for more muscle, but they're atmospheres for more miracles. When they didn't have enough food to feed the 5,000, that was a limitation. But that limitation, what did the disciples do? Jesus said, feed them. And what did Philip say? Ain't got no money. Yeah. <laughs> Turn his pockets inside out. We don't have enough. What did that do? It presented an opportunity for Jesus to get God on the scene and a miracle ensued. And it's, it just recorded 5,000. And, and that's men. So you got you know, 5,000 men plus you know, uh, spouses, uh, however many kids they had. The disciples you know, had to eat and all that. So uh, that limitation gave God an opportunity to work. And Jesus didn't get upset about it because when he said to the disciples, feed them, they said, let's send them off. Let let, let them go to Chick-fil-A on their own. (laughs) Jesus said, no, you feed them. And then he gave instructions, sit them down in fifties and hundreds. And this is what we're going to do. Father, this is what we got. Some sardines and some crackers. And he multiplied it. And then it said that everyone ate till they were full. And they had 12 baskets left over. I would say (laughs) he took the limitations off in that particular instance. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we may have limitations on us, but it gives a God an opportunity to move. There is a need for us to be focused, yes. When we're running our errands, when we're getting to the bank, when we gotta do all these, get groceries, we gotta get back to the house, all of those kinds of things, those things are needed because it's just life. But in the midst of us doing life, God can interrupt our life, amen? Or Robert said this, uh, made this quote, miracles come, are coming towards you or going past you every day. By faith through your prayers, you can latch on and believe God for the miracle you need spiritually, physically, financially, and in every other area of your life. You were made for miracles, and miracles were made for you. Miracles are coming towards you or going past you every day. By faith, through your prayers, you can latch on and believe God for the miracle you need, spiritually, physically, financially, and in every other area of your life. You were made for miracles, and miracles were made for you. So God interrupts us in the real world. 
where we live every day. <clears throat> you know, it's great that we have miracles here in the church, but we don't live here in the church. I do kind of, but no, I'm kidding. But, uh, but here in the church, we don't live here every day. We live out there. In the book of Acts, it is recorded that there are 40 miracles in the book of Acts. 39 of those miracles were done outside of the church and synagogue. What does that say to us? What is God saying to us? That he's in the real world. He's with us in the real world. So those miracles took place outside of these four walls. Thank God for the miracles that happened here. But the miracles happened with the disciples, the disciples, <laughs> the followers of Christ outside of the church and the synagogue. That means that they allowed him to interrupt them as they were going about real world things that they were doing every day. You remember Peter and John going past the gate beautiful, going up to the, the church to pray. And there was a man at the gate and he looks up at them uh, as to ask for something. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, rise up and walk. What was that? That was a divine interruption in their day. They're just, Sunday morning, they went on Saturdays, I guess, or Friday night. They're just going to church. Hey! What? They allowed. They stopped. They didn't say, I got to get to church. Are we already running late. I got to get there. They didn't do that. They stopped in the interruption and said, looked at him and perceived he had faith and said, we don't have much, but what I do got, rise up and walk. And it says that the man got up uh, uh, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now they did get in trouble for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not everybody responds the same way to miracles. Praise the Lord. So <clears throat> in the book of Acts, 40 miracles are recorded. 39 of them are outside of the church. So God wants to put his super on our natural, our everyday life as we're going about. He wants to get involved in what we're doing outside of here. Hallelujah. He wants to get involved in your business. He wants to get involved in your family. He wants to get involved in your health. He wants to get involved in what you're concerned about to bring his power. We just talked about his grace, sang about his grace. Grace is waiting. His power is waiting. Miracles are passing us by, are going by us every day. Hallelujah. He wants to get involved in our home and in our marriages. He wants to uh, be the divine interruption in our lives. So it's no accident that these 39 accounts are in uh, the book of Acts and the book of Acts is still being written. Uh, it ends with chapter 28, but we're in Acts chapter 29 right now. Hallelujah. We're still adding to uh, the end of the book. Glory to God. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to share something negative uh, about me regarding divine interruption. Do not follow my example. <clears throat> 
I went to uh, my yearly uh, eye doctor exam uh, was a few weeks ago, and uh, we had just gotten back from from India, and as you well know, that we were overcoming, praise the Lord, uh, physically in our bodies, and so I drugged myself out of bed and went to my eye doctor appointment, and um, so the nurse took me back, and you know, they do all the preliminary stuff before the doctor comes in to see you. They check your eyes and, uh, you know, ask you questions, or are you having any problems or anything like that? And in the midst of her asking me those questions, she started to talk about how she had uh, a back injury and that she's in a lot of pain, constant pain all the time. And uh, I mean, she's going on and on in my head. I'm thinking, lady, I just want to get out of here. You just don't know how much of a miracle for me to be sitting up right right now. And uh, so she's going on and on about her back. And uh, so this divine thought comes to me that I might ought to pray for her. But then this other thought that was not divine came to me <laughs> that said, you're sick yourself. How you go pray for her? So the second thought took precedence, I have to say. And so uh, she kept talking about it. And we were, I mean, she had done everything that she needed to do with me. We're just sitting in the room and she's just talking about her back. And so I'm sitting there, you know, trying to hold back snot and, you know, <laughs> and all this kind of, I mean, just get me out of here. And so she walked me to the exam room where the doctor comes in and uh, she said, well, it's been nice talking to you. You have a good day and all of that. And so she sits me in the room, puts the chart on the door and I'm sitting there going, I am not a good Christian. <laughs> and uh, so <clears throat> I said, Lord, please forgive me. And then I, I prayed for her while I was waiting for the doctor to come in. And um, so the doctor comes in, finishes everything, and I get in my car. And I'm telling you, the devil met me in my car. And so even since then, I thought about, well, let me call back to the doctor's office, describe the lady that I'm talking about. Hopefully she can get on the phone. And maybe they know who she is because she, if she's had back problems for all this time, they know who she is because she's been talking about it, you know, that kind of thing. And all of that. And we're going, no. But so I pray for her again. Praise the Lord. So that was a divine interruption. That was a divine cue from the Holy Ghost broadcast system to help this person. And uh, I'm just going about my doctor's appointment and God brings someone to me in my lap right in front of me talking about their problem. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't do what I did. Praise the Lord. So we, um, so in the places where we're uncomfortable, I am not a person who talks to a tree. You know, those people who talk to trees, those people who anything moving or anything standing still, they will talk to Bridget is one of those people. No condemnation. That's just who God made you to be. Kelvin is Kelvin in here. Kelvin is one of those people. He will talk to a tree. I will lean on the tree. Won't say anything to the tree at all. I will disappear in the tree. I won't talk to the tree. I'm just not one of those kind of folks. And so, you know, my, uh, I'm uh, by nature shy in my personality. 
And I just won't go up to anybody. I had a friend, she's in heaven now, and I would say that about her, you will talk to a tree. And she will talk to anybody. Oh, oh, your hair is so pretty. Just lost my mint. Your hair's so pretty. You know, I love your haircut. You know, I love those jeans on you. And she'll start up a conversation with just a, a random stranger. And I'm standing behind her. You know, <laughs> she's talking to. So I just, that's just not my personality. So for me to do those kinds of things, it, I have to come out of my comfort zone in order to do that kind of thing. And so those of you who are like Bridget, like Kelvin, where's Heather? Heather is another one. <laughs> Glory to God that would talk to a tree, you know? And so those people may have it easy. You know, those folks are good for the outreach team with Pastor Aldo. They'll talk to anybody, you know, if you stand still long enough or they'll run after you if you try to get away, you know, those kinds of things. <clears throat> this one, uh-uh, I am not like that. So there may be, see there, I, there was just three people in this room. There's a whole room full of us that may not be like that. Our personality might not be like that. But in the divine interruptions in those times, even with that situation with that lady, that nurse, all I had to do was talk back. All I had to do was, Father, I just thank you for grace to pray for this lady. I know how to pray for people. You know, and uh, so we have to get out of our uncomfortableness in order to allow those divine interruptions to happen in our life so that we can see the miracles of God, the glory of God. Uh, some of you know Pastor MT, uh, who runs our Bible schools down in Chile. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes when she's going through stuff, she'll say, this is an op another opportunity to see the glory of God. And so whatever you're coming up against or facing, it's just another opportunity to see the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I got to get rocking and rolling here. Um, and so in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, we're all familiar with this scripture. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is turned towards him. And so God wants to show himself strong on the behalf of us. He wants to show himself strong on the behalf of people who need a miracle and need God to move in their life. He was just, he's searching where there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity on South Parkway at such and such doctor's office, eye doctor's office. He's searching, looking for an opportunity to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is turned towards him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> so um, intervention is an action taken to improve a situation. Intervention, you're going to intervene in something. It may be going one way, but you're going to get involved in that to kind of turn it or um, um, make the situation come out different. An interruption is a stoppage or a, hindrance, a hindering of an activity for a period of time. So the interruption of the children with Jesus was just for a period of time. They interrupted him. He laid hands on them, and then he went on his way. So Jesus was in the middle of teaching, and those children came. Let's look at some other situations real quickly uh, of interruptions that happened to Jesus. We know that he, he had uh, massive crusades, but he also talked to the few, and he talked to the one. So uh, we've already counted the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark chapter 5, um, Mark chapter 6, sorry. And on the day, uh, like in the previous message, on that day was a day that Jesus was grieving. 
And so like with us, we might be going through something and people need us. And they are may, may be aware or may not be aware that we're going through something, but they need something. Hallelujah. And it says that uh, in Mark chapter 6, that on that day, Jesus was grieving for his cousin. The disciples were trying to get him away in a boat to a solitary place, a remote place. And it said the people saw them, like, looking through the bushes. That looks like Jesus right there. And then there were his 12 disciples with him right there. And the crowd started following them. So it got to the point where there were at least 5,000 men and however many women and children and so he said he taught all day until it was evening. And then that's when they approached him and said, hey, we need to send these people away. They need to go get food. He said, feed them. We ain't got no money. And, uh, and then the limitation also was he had a small amount. At first they didn't have anything, but then they had a small amount. But he lifted that up to, Jesus, to, to the Lord, prayed, um, and blessed it, and, and they broke it. So in this divine interruption, Jesus was grieving. Just like us, as the body of Christ, he's going through stuff. But people still need him. The next one, blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho. And as they were leaving, so they were traveling. Anybody get ready to go on vacation? And you're running to all these different places trying to get your stuff together to go on vacation. And so Jesus is traveling and they were, fo- and they were followed by a large crowd. And they came across him and Brian Bartimaeus heard, Jesus is, Jesus is here. And what did he do? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody got, quiet. Jesus is on his way out of town. And Jesus, and said he cried all the more, Jesus, <laughs> I'm going to get past these disciples. I'm going to get past everybody else. I want Jesus to hear me. Jesus, son of David, <laughs> have mercy on me. Some results I found Solomon. I'm preaching right now, Siri. Thank you very much. You are not Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. A divine interruption. By precept and example. Uh, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Preach the word and demonstrate it. Okay. Well, that was for free, y'all. Praise the Lord. So he, I'm sorry. I know Solomon's tip. And so, uh, so he's crying out all the more. And Jesus stops and says, bring him unto me. Then blind Bart took his robe because he wore a beggar's robe, signifying that he was blind and he was a beggar. He tore it off. And he went to Jesus. And Jesus healed him and went on his way. So Jesus was grieving. Jesus was traveling, trying to get out of town, and he had a divine interruption. The woman at the well in John chapter 4. He was leaving Judea on his way to Galilee again, 
<laughs> traveling and went through Samaria. And it says, and Jesus was tired. <laughs> that stood out to me. I was standing there. Jesus got tired. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus was tired. And it says he sat down at the well while the disciples went to, you know, get food or what have you. And here comes this woman in an ordinary, everyday action to get water. And a divine interruption ensues. He begins to, by the Spirit of God, minister to her about her condition. She perceives he's a prophet and ministers to her. And then she turns around and she goes back to the city where she came from and tells them, hey, come see a man who's told me everything about my life. And they all come running and they see him and he ministers to them. And they, says, they say, we believe, um, we don't believe now because of what you said. We believe because we've experienced him ourselves. <clears throat> when I uh, was attending my church in Nashville um, 20 something years ago, the Lord moved me here. Um, the momentum that we're having in our church right now, the growth, the momentum, God moving, everything happening was happening in our church. And so you didn't have to have so much of, you know, evangelistic, whatever. The advertisement was the people's lives being changed and they were going out and telling other people. And those people said, I want to come see myself. And so people would come to church and then their lives would get changed and they would say, I experienced him for myself. I heard what you said, but I'm experienced him for myself and he's changed my life for me. And then they go back and tell other people, you know, and so, <clears throat> so this encounter that she had with Jesus, Jesus sat down, he was tired, just trying to get his breath, just trying to breathe, tired. And a divine interruption ensues. And a miracle happens. Hallelujah. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, four crazy friends. Yeah. Jesus is teaching. Again, another situation where Jesus is teaching. So <laughs> we're going along teaching just like I am tonight. And all of a sudden there's a commotion. It's going on up there. And then he's teaching. What is happening? What is going on up there? Four men are carrying another one on a cart, on a, a stretcher. And they are ripping the roof off the building because they can't get in any other way to get this man to Jesus. <laughs> That's a divine interruption. So while he's going along teaching, really? Is that happening? is going on there and it says that he perceived they had faith they had faith you need four crazy friends with some faith when you can't carry yourself to carry you hallelujah till you can get up and throw your mat away and walk out yourself you need some crazy friends so here Jesus is teaching the word of God and they're tearing the roof off the building that's a divine interruption that got his, his power on the scene. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And one more. <clears throat> the woman with the issue of blood. In Mark chapter 5. Jesus is on his way to pray for somebody else. 
So he's having this discourse with Jairus. He approached him and said, Master, can you come to my house? My daughter, she's dying of a fever and you know, all this. And Jesus said, I'll come. So he's on his way to Jairus' house, and all of a sudden, he feels power goes out of the hem of his garment. And he stops in his tracks and said, who touched me? And the disciples are going, are you kidding me? Do you know what kind of crowd? Do you see all these people? There's a crowd going on. What do you mean who touched you? And Jesus knew somebody touched him with faith because virtue, power, anointing went out of him. She didn't touch his leg. She touched his garment. And he felt power go out of him through the garment. And he said, who touched me? And I'm sure she did because it said she pushed her way through the crowd. And according to Levitical law, she wasn't even supposed to be out because she's issuing blood and all of that. And then all of a sudden she, um, it was me. And he asked her, what's happening? What's going on? And she gives him the amplified version of her testimony. Well, <laughs> you know, 12 years ago, I've spent all my money, da, 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 gone to many doctors and not been healed and all of that. And Jairus is standing there waiting because there's a divine interruption at his house that he's waiting on. So Jesus, in grieving, in traveling, being tired, teaching, on his way to pray for somebody else, is divinely interrupted, and in every situation, a miracle occurs. He didn't get irritated. Even with the touch and never go, who, where, who touched me? He wasn't irritated. He just wanted to know who accessed power. <laughs> I want to know who that was that accessed power out of me. He's, he felt faith to draw that power out of him. Who is that? I want to know who that is. Hallelujah. So in the midst of just natural, everyday emotions, physical things, uh, he made available, or he didn't get upset or irritated in the interruption, but he allowed the moment to happen so that God could work in an opportunity for a miracle to take place for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So every time he was interrupted, a miracle ensued. Um, maybe he saw the interruption as not an irritation, but as an assignment. Because a lot of times we can get upset and, I, you know, I, I got to get all this done. And I didn't get every hour. You get, then you get home afterwards and go, I forgot something. If she hadn't interrupted me, he hadn't interrupted me. He wasn't like that. He saw the divine interruption as an assignment. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we, as the body of Christ, just the same as Jesus, we have divine interruptions in our life. Hallelujah. And um, <clears throat> uh, you may remember this. I think Pastor Rhonda shared it when she talked about the uh, open door uh, in that particular message. She said that she was going to a doctor's appointment. Yes. And in the doctor's appointment, the nurse was taking her back to the room or the PA or whoever it was, was taking her back to the room. And that person started to prophesy yes. to her yes. as she was going to her doctor's appointment. 
She wasn't, didn't get up that morning thinking she was going to have a divine interruption in her, her life. She was just going about a normal, ordinary course of her day. You know, how ordinary is a doctor's appointment? And God interrupted her day. And someone ministered to her. Someone blessed her. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember uh, however many sermons ago, I talked about a friend of mine who's an itinerant minister, and she was in town, needed to get her nails done. And she was going to the salon that she normally goes to, but God sent her way across town. And in that salon that day was a lady who all of her family had passed away. And that day was her birthday. And my friend went to that nail salon, secretly paid for her nails, whatever services she got done that day. And then the owner, as this lady was leaving, told her that someone took care of your, um, uh, your service. And as she went to go out the door, she said, I don't know who you are, but thank you so much that you would allow my father to use you to bless me on my birthday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, she had a nail salon, what, a mile down the road, but she allowed him to guide her to a place where she could be a blessing to somebody that day. Now, um, some of you might remember that Marty Blackwelder was here, uh, and some time ago he talked about how his sister, she's not a minister, she's just a disciple of Christ. And so she's vacuuming at her house, cleaning some stuff out, and the Lord told her to go to the cleaners. And she's thinking, well, I'm going to go to the cleaners later. And he has her stop, get her stuff, and go to the cleaners. And as she's going to the cleaners, she looks over at an antique shop. And the Holy Ghost tells her to go in that antique shop. She goes into the antique shop, and she doesn't know why she's there. But she's walking up and down the aisles, and she hears a husband and wife talking. And the wife had just gotten a diagnosis of cancer. And so she realized, this is my divine assignment. And so she goes up to the lady and said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt or, or uh, eavesdrop, but I heard you talking that you uh, were diagnosed with cancer. And uh, she said, yes. She said, do you mind if I pray for you? And she said, no. So um, his sister prayed for the lady in the antique shop, exchanged their numbers, and however long the time was, a few weeks later, the lady called her and told her that, that she asked them to go back and run a test in her body. And she had to pay for them because they weren't the normal, you know, things that the doctor would request or she had already had some. So she had to pay for them. All the cancer totally gone out of her body. <clears throat> so she thinks she's going to the cleaners, but God uses her to intersect somebody else's life that day and minister to their body. So I have a couple people that I want to come right now to share uh, something about a divine interruption in their day. Pastor Aldo, will you come on? usually meet with uh, some friends uh, early in the morning to study the Bible, you know, to go through a like kind of discipleship. And um, one day, um, we, I saw somebody playing pool, pool, you know, yeah. 6 a.m. in the morning. It was weird. 
you know? <laughs> but um, I started um, seeing this guy uh, for a couple of weeks. And one day, um, I was going to my, to my house, and the Lord told me, go and talk to him. And I thought, I want to go to the bed, <laughs> sleep a little bit more. And so then the Lord told me, go, go and talk to him. And um, I, I say, no. And I started go, walking to my house. <laughs> and the Lord told me, uh, he remind me, remind, reminds me that scripture when he says, that my food is to do the will of my father. I said, all right, all right, all right, I get it. And I, I went back and started talking to him. You know, um, the way I started talking to him is, can I play with you? So I started playing pool at 6 a.m. with this guy, you no know, drinking coffee, <laughs> drinking coffee with him, um, talking about life and everything. And then uh, we started kind of go deeper in our conversation. We started talking about God, you know, um, and then um, another day, uh, this was a Wednesday morning. They told me uh, I was in my bed. I wake up, like I was, I think it was like 6 a.m. again. And they told me, go, go to the, you know, clubhouse. And I'm, no, it's 6 a.m., <laughs> you know. Uh, so I went down, and he was there. No, I, I think I took like uh, an hour arguing with God, you know, uh, and I went down, and he was there again, and he said, man, I was waiting for you, oh. and he says, I, I usually don't stay longer, but today, uh, I was hoping that you came, uh, and then after that, we started talking more about God, about, uh, about the word, and do you remember when, when uh, the pastor, when Pastor Mark uh, was preaching about uh, interceding for, for others, yeah. to be witness to others? I started praying for him. You know, remember we, every Wednesday we pray for somebody, and I was praying for him. And um, I remember, in, um, this was uh, mor the morning of the uh, Thanksgiving day, and I text him. You know, early in the morning. And he texts right, right, back, right there, you know, texts me back. And he says, I'm, I'm going to the clubhouse. So we met there. We start talking about sport. And, and while, we are stuck, while we are talking, um, I was praying, Lord, give me a door to, to, to talk to him, to give, uh, go deeper with the word, you know. And um, so... Then he, is, he uh, asked me, what, why you are here? So I started telling him, you know, um, here working in church and everything. Um, and I started talking about the uh, Minister of Reconciliation. And when he says, what is reconciliation? That was my door. Oh, yeah. Right there. Oh, yeah. You know, wide open. So I started talking to him about that. And now we meet every week. One or twice, we are, are doing like a discipleship. Oh, wow. Amen. And so we, we meet every week um, in the morning, <clears throat> uh, one or twice. Um, and he told me once, you know, my, he's living uh, with uh, his 
granddaughter and her grand, his granddaughter asked him, can you teach me about the Bible? <laughs> so while uh, I'm teaching or, or sharing with him, he wants to share the same with her daughter. You know, so people is waiting for you. Amen. Harvest is waiting for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it just, you know, even with him in our human nature, we have our routines. We have our comfort zones. We have, you know, our little place where this is my lane. This is where I want to stay. And then God's trying to get us out of those because people are waiting. Amen. Uh, Miss Nadra. Okay, so when Pastor Belinda um, asked if I would share uh, one of the opportunity, um, well, my divine intersection with someone, <clears throat> she told me the one that she wanted me to talk about, and I was like, hmm, I don't remember that. So <laughs> I prayed. I said, Lord, bring it back to me. And then I went to Ali, and I said, Ali, you remember when I, this he said, yeah, Nadra, this. And then he started telling me. And I said, okay, okay, okay. Then the more I pray, pray, the Lord revealed and reminded me what happened. So this one particular, um, this event happened um, after our morning prayer. So we pray every morning. Uh, Pastor Belinda leads the prayer. And, and so I don't like to go to the grocery store. I mean, I, I really don't like to go to the grocery store. <laughs> And Ali, he, he will go and follow the list and come back with everything on the list. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't. I, I don't like it. But anyway, so this morning after prayer, um, I got excited about going to the grocery store. And it was on a Thursday. I said, okay, they'll have the things stocked right and everything by Thursday. And, um, and so I went and... I really, I didn't go to the grocery store I planned to go to. I like to bypass the one to go to another one. I don't want to mention the one. And so I ended up because I was driving and I had to pass that one I don't like. And so it's like the Holy Spirit just prompted me to go to that one. So I went to that one. I figured, okay, I got my list here. I'll, I can shop at this store. So I go in, and I'm walking in the door, and this nice young lady smiled at me. I mean, she was over in the produce, and I smiled at her. And really, I went expecting to, I don't know, have a divine encounter because we prayed that, that we would intersect, we'd have divine um, encounters, and maybe they'll minister to us or we'll minister to them. We just, we prayed that. So I kind of went expecting to meet somebody I didn't know, but... I would. So uh, when I walked in, she smiled at me. I mean, like a bright smile, right? And I said, okay, okay, I don't, A, B, you know how you try to remember people? A, B, okay. I couldn't remember her name. And I thought I had to know her for her to smile at me that big, you know, right? <laughs> and so I smiled back at her and went down my aisle, Wade went down the aisle I needed to go, checking off my list and everything. And then we ended up in another spot. She smiled at me. I smiled at her. I went to another aisle. Then we just happened to just come right there together. And I said, okay, Lord, there's something going on here. 
So, um, so I looked at her. I said, hey, how are you doing? She said, I know you. I said, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, so I said, I got to be honest. I don't know you. And so she said, I have been listening over and over to your testimony that you gave at healing school about your sons being healed. And so I was thinking, so I had this big hair. So I had the big hair when I talked. So she, she recognized me. And then I said, oh, okay. I said, well, praise God. She said, well, I've listened to that testimony over and over again. She said, I've given it to my daughter because her son um, had an illness. And um, so it blessed their family. And so um, I said, well, praise God. I said, and then we started talking. And I, I said, well, do you have a church home? Oh, yeah, I have a church home and everything. And then I thought, it just, it just right in my you know, in my heart, it's like I knew I needed to pray with her. So I, I said, um, is there anything that you want me to pray with you about? I said, let's pray. And then so she said, well, I want to stop smoking. So I was thinking that she was, she was going to ask me to pray for her grandson, but she wanted to stop smoking. I said, okay. I said, and so the thing is, what, what was so good about that divine interruption, she had already listened to that healing school tape over and over and over again. I didn't have to prime the pump. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't have to get her in faith. She was already in faith. She just needed somebody to stand in with her in agreement. So I just, in the name, I told her, I said, okay, so when I pray, I said, because I believe the word and you do too, you ask to, to you know, get over this. <laughs> I said, so when I pray, I'm believing that you're going to be healed of that. And, um, and we're going to break everything. And I want to say exactly what I said here because this may help somebody else. Um, I told her this. I said, you're going to be set, set free from that addiction and even the torment of it. And the triggers that cause you to go back to it every time. And that wasn't, I don't smoke, so I don't know about all the triggers and all of this, but I eat. <laughs> so I know it's the same thing, right? Okay, when I'm thinking about this and I'm stressed right here, I want a bag of potato chips, the salt. When I'm, you know, that, so I knew, okay. Okay, so that's what I said. I said, before I pray, and I said that, and I told her, I said, okay, and, and what, what I expect you to do is, as we're praying, to receive, take it. Because we've learned at healing school that you have to partake, right? <laughs> so I prayed. I just prayed. I didn't pray a long prayer. I prayed in the name of Jesus. I gave her, we prayed the scripture, and I believe that it was done. And I told her, I said, um, now, go be free from that addiction. <laughs> and I finished shopping, and I went home. Now, do I know that she's delivered? Yeah. I do know that she's delivered and set free because we prayed the word. I, didn't, I wasn't trying to talk her into something. It's what she desired. And so when we prayed, 
<laughs> we believe together that she received. Amen. Amen. So this morning, another divine <laughs> interruption. Um, and this was just doing my business. I was doing my business and um, I had an appointment with a repair guy, a repair man. And he had already canceled on me once. He called me this morning. He said, um, he didn't have my last name. He had Nadra, Miss Nadra. Uh, I won't, I'm going to have to cancel this morning because last night I had a fever. And um, I'm not feeling too good this morning. And, I don't, and I've already canceled my other appointments. And I don't want to come and contaminate anything. I said, so uh, his name is Ryan. I said, Ryan, okay, let's pray. I started praying. <laughs> I took authority over that sickness in the name of Jesus. And then I gave him the word. I told him and reminded him what Christ did for us. A amen. In Jesus' name, amen, right? He, he was crying at the end of the prayer. And he said, thank you so much for that. He said, I love you for that. <laughs> so praise God. I mean, even when I didn't ask if, are you a Christian? Let's pray. I didn't say that. I'm like, okay, let's take authority over that. For first of all, I need for you to come and fix this thing. Okay, so get well in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so those are my divine appointments. Praise God. How are you? You just put her in a seat. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just in the natural, ordinary course of your day, she needed a repairman, you know. And uh, with uh, Pastor Raldo, you know, someone in her in this clubhouse, uh, that God needed someone to intersect their lives. Now, can I redeem myself from my other story? So, uh, <clears throat> I think this was in October. Along the time that Pastor was talking about praying, uh, intercession, and, and praying for people and all of that. And uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, I was supposed to be out of town, and I ended up having to cancel my trip. So I had taken vacation and everything. So I decided, uh, well, I'm already off. I'll just stay home for the day. So I'm watching the service, uh, and, and at the end of the service, Pastor said, I'm going to pray for you all that you're ministers of reconciliation and that you will have a word of reconciliation this week, and you're going to uh, intersect or you know, have a divine intersection with somebody. So as he's praying that, the, an, an ambulance comes into my neighborhood and then makes a circle around. And then my neighbors directly across from me, uh, it stops at their house. And I thought, oh, dear, what is going on? So I started praying right then and there. And, um, uh, and so I waited and, uh, to, um, to, to the ambulance left. And, and so I said, well... Pastor just prayed. I guess I'll just go do what Pastor said. And so I uh, walked across the, the, the road and went, uh, knocked, uh, rang the doorbell. And uh, so uh, um, the, he comes to the door and I said, I'm your neighbor right across the way here. And I saw that there was an ambulance here. So I wanted to come and see if you guys are okay, if you need something. Uh, can I go to the grocery store? Do you need a prescription filled? Or can I go buy you lunch or something like that? And uh, he said, um, I said, no, everything's okay. Uh, uh, blood sugar level dropped and passed out. And, um, and so um, the other person in the house called the, the ambulance. And so uh, he was fine and everything. And uh, so 
I said, well, my name's Belinda, and I live across the way, and uh, if you need anything, even if later on today, if you need something, um, you know, uh, just let me know. I'll run and get it for you. And I said, can I pray with you? And they said, well, oh, yeah, okay, of course, you can pray for me. So I prayed for them, and, of course, I prayed the word and everything, and I gave them my phone number and said, hey, again, I'm just right across the way. If you need something, call me. Now I've been living there for four years, and I've met two of my neighbors. And here they are, um, you know, and I just met them. This was an opportunity for me to meet them and also to pray for them and let them know, hey, you got somebody here that can stand with you, believe God with you, pray for you. And, uh, and so um, we've been sending uh, exchanges back and forth uh, through text message. Uh, they travel quite a bit, and, uh, and so they asked me to watch their house while they're gone and that kind of thing. So it caused a, a, a nice little relationship there, you know. Uh, for that. So I redeemed myself from the nurse there. Okay. Uh, so before we go, I wanted to uh, share this with you. So when divine interruptions happen, maybe we should ask ourselves these questions. When divine uh, interruptions happen, instead of getting frustrated or irritated about them, maybe we should ask these questions. Number one, is God trying to use me to bless someone? Is God trying to use me to bless someone? Number two, is God trying to use someone to bless me? Now, if you're on the receiving end of that, you want that person to obey God, right? But we need to obey God on the other end so they receive what they need. So number one, is God trying to use me to bless someone? Is God trying to use me, uh, someone to bless me? Is God setting me up for something to reveal his power and his glory? Is God setting me up for something to reveal his power and his glory? Is God shifting my focus and my perspective and my priority from me, 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 to looking outward to other things that are around me? Is he shifting my perspective, shifting our focus? So I, I believe with the messages that pastors ha had been given, especially on Wednesday nights and interceding for people, that that was part of uh, him shifting our focus to look outward and not always look at in what can I get, how can you bless me, but what can I do to bless humanity and mankind in the interruptions as I go about my day. Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his way but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord uh, directs his steps. The New Living Translation says, we make our own plans. We make our own plans to go on vacation, to go to Walmart, to go to Kroger's, to go to the bank, to go to take our car to be serviced, to do this, that, or the other. We make our own plans. But God, uh, uh, but the Lord determines our steps. So in our plans to go do whatever we do, he's, he's redirecting our steps in the process of that to become a divine interruption in somebody's life or allowing someone to become a divine interruption in ours. You know, uh, we have a lot going on with outreach. Pastor Aldo is he heading that up, and we got great things and wonderful things that are going on with that. And if you're Bridget... Uh, Kelvin or Heather, you can go be a part. <laughs> or if you're wanting to extend your personality to come out of the, you know, the shy person that you are, uh, he's available and he can talk to you about that. 
But I think a lot of times we relegate evangelism to those kinds of things. Uh, let's go to neighborhoods and knock on doors, even though we, we are to do that. Uh, we uh, have a big uh, evangelistic event, which we are to do those things. But it, just in the everyday course of life doing things, we have opportunities that are presented to us that we could be a divine intervention in somebody's life or someone could be that in ours. This is a prayer that we pray. They're going to put it up. This is a prayer that we pray every morning. We have uh, early morning prayer from 7 to 8 o'clock, thereabout, sometimes less, sometimes, uh, you know, right on time. Uh, at the end of prayer, every morning, almost every morning, we pray this prayer. God, you know what lies before me today. Please let me, lead me to those who have something that they need, uh, who I have something that they need, and please lead us to those that have something that I need. God, I am yours to command. Thank you, Father, for your divine promptings and cues on the inside. And this is kind of a general prayer that I just pray after we confess that. Uh, thank you, Father, for your divine promptings and cues on the inside. And I am quick to respond to them as the Holy Spirit gives them. Because he can give the promptings, but then we go, is that me? You know, you know, Lord, why are you waking me up to pray for somebody at 2.38 in the morning? You know, those kinds of things. Uh, I, I drank Coke last night and I can't sleep. That's why I'm awake. No. <laughs> so to follow those divine promptings, we thank you for divine intersections and interruptions today where we can be a blessing to someone. I am a minister of reconciliation. Therefore, I have a word of reconciliation to refresh the weary. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So every day after prayer, we pray those. And then that's kind of our launching pad to go out. Okay, you can start your day and you go be a divine interruption or allow divine interruption to happen in your life where you can be a blessing to someone or someone can be a blessing to you. Amen.